0: Leaver Sage, Graham Creech, T. Bunda, the one-time TSN weekend reunion here on The Drive. Here's a little bit of what you need to know before we get to our next guest. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, who are going to be on the practice ice coming up in about a half hour, uh, getting set for uh, Vancouver and Calgary after their big 5-4 victory over Seattle last night. They've made a couple of very minor deals. They've traded... Uh, Both Jace Howerluck and Christian Rubens. Uh, Christian Rubens to the Calgary Flames for future considerations and Jace Howerluck to the Devils for future considerations. The Flyers have fired Chuck Fletcher as president of Hockey Operations and GM. Daniel Briere takes over as interim GM. One game that does affect Ottawa in the standings, you need a big Chicago Blackhawks victory tonight. They are in Florida to take on the Panthers. Anaheim in Calgary, the only other game of the Players' Championship. Adam Svensson, Canadian, four back of Chad Ramey, who leads at nine under par. Taylor Pendrith is tied for seventh. He is four under par for the day. The Carlton Ravens men's basketball team, they won barely. 73-71 in the quarterfinals at the final eight over UQAM. So they're off to the semis. Can Ottawa do the same? And the Ottawa GG is currently playing uh, right now. The last score that I have is 42-25. The GG's leading uh, at the half over Winnipeg. If Ottawa wins, they will play Carlton in the semifinals uh, coming up tomorrow. And at the Briar, the two. Playoff games right now going on. Brendan Botcher leads Northern Ontario 6-3. And Botcher has the hammer and up 6-3 in the 7th end. So he's in full control. Uh, Kevin Cooey has just scored two for Alberta in the 8th end. now leads Ontario's Mike McEwen 7-5 as they go to the ninth end. Uh, These are elimination games. So Ontario right now down 2. But with hammer going into and number nine. That's just a little bit of what you need to know. Let's get to our next guest. We haven't, I haven't had the chance and the pleasure to talk to Brent Subleski, NFL analyst for Bleacher Report and biggest MJF fan I know here on the drive in a very long time. But Brent, I didn't. I told Steve with this one-time reunion of TSM weekend, I said, get somebody on the program who's going to surprise me and make me happy. Don't tell me who it is until right before the show. He comes up with Brent Sobleski, and I am smiles ear to ear, and I didn't even know I wore my MJF shirt today. How are you?
1: Well,
2: I appreciate you being happy for me coming on the show because I am still better than you, and you know it because I am truly the generational talent when it comes to this show. And so it probably does make you happy that I can step into this spot and we can discuss a little football and we can discuss a little AEW and everything along the line. So... Let's roll right through.
0: it. Just showing Graham right now, best in the world, and you know it. With the shirt that I have on
3: right now, I, I knew it was some kind of wrestling thing for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I'm, but, I, lead, lead,
2: me, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who think I'm the most pompous ass.
4: <laughs> <laughs> on the radio hey Brent, even with, even
0: even if they think that, you'll still be second uh, on this particular program right now with the way they think of me. So it, it's it's all okay. good. Uh, okay, let's start with some football. There, there's just so much going on. Um, before we get to the combine, which I know you'd love you sink your teeth into. We love it too. Uh, but this is a league now that 24/7, 365 days a year provides content drama off of the field. and you just you can't get away from the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Bradys and the Lamar Jacksons of the world that just continually keep the news cycle going and going and going. Um, let's just start with Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Chances?
2: Uh, I would put them better than 50-50, because when you look at it, uh, what are the alternatives? And from all indications, Green Bay is ready to move on, as I think they rightly should be, because look at the years you had with him recently, two MVP caliber campaigns, multiple runs all the way to the NFC championship game, and yet you continually fell short. So, It's to me and basically what we heard in Indianapolis is this is this is a team and an organization ready to make that move. Now it really comes down to how Aaron Rodgers feels and whether he wants to go to New York if there's maybe a a different opportunity, most likely not the Raiders, which is a, a team that's been thrown out there quite often, or if he just wants to out and out retire. So I think the the indications that you have the Jets conglomerate showing up in California, whining and dining Aaron Rodgers, and him being open to that possibility kind of indicates what direction he wants to go primarily. I think we still need to leave that door open that he could walk away, but overall I think the most likely destination for him is with the Jets. They are the team going all out here. They are the team that needs him the most. And I think it's a situation for him where he know he he can step into and be successful immediately.
3: I think earlier today, uh, a lot of people kind of reading into what the the Dolphins were doing, um, but then also uh, later on in the day, uh, picking up the fifth year option for Tua. What are you anticipating there, or or just league wide uh, to happen with Lamar Jackson?
2: Well, it's really funny when you take a you know three hundred and sixty five day. Uh, assessment of what you heard last year's combine compared to this year and where that specific organization is trending when we were there a year ago in indianapolis they the the murmurs coming out of the franchise weren't exactly positive regarding to as their starting quarterback and that may be putting it lightly uh look and then now they seem to be fully committed now well, I, what I will say is, look, we all want the absolute best for two. We do not want to see what occurred last year with two diagnosed concussions and most likely a third that all of us saw on national television. So we want to make sure he's healthy. We want to make sure he does everything in his power to be in the right position for him and his l- life moving forward. And. Uh, I, we don't know that, right? We don't. That's a, that's a personal choice. That's something that he has to ascertain with his doctors. But I believe, as an, as a franchise, they are sold enough on Tua based on what we saw of him this past year, that they're more than comfortable moving on with him as their guy. Now, if an opportunity presents itself, let's say Tom Brady gets bored again and maybe want to come out of retirement. I'm not saying he's going to have him, but just the possibility. When you have a meddling owner, which Stephen Ross certainly is, and we've seen that, and that's come to fruition, being they had to give up a first-round pick because of it, that is always a possibility. Maybe they get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. That's something we'll all discover here in the next couple days once the tampering period begins. But overall, I think they are truly comfortable where they sit unless something drastically better is, is available to them.
4: What do you make, Brent, of a few teams already kind of getting in the Lamar Jackson kind of sweepstakes, but also some teams already calling themselves like out of it that don't even have quarterbacks, and, you know, it's a former MVP. I saw a lot of players defending Lamar Jackson, but it, it just seems like he's always got this narrative of negativity, whether he can't win in the playoffs or he's injured, and, you know, now with the Ravens kind of with the with the, the franchise tag that they gave him.
2: It's amazing, right? Uh, I, I can't think of a pair, uh, another player – at least in recent memory, that has so many misplaced arguments against him, right? I mean, he's proven everyone wrong every step of the way, and I think that's part of the reason we continue to see detractors come out of the woodwork every single time something like this comes up because they want – it's confirmation bias, right? You thought he should have been a wide receiver. He's not a good enough passer. He's injury-prone because he runs – When you could point to multiple different instances where those things simply aren't true. He is a legitimate MVP. He has helped revolutionize the way we look at the quarterback position. He is a quality elite quarterback. I would place him at his very best in the top five in the league. Normally, he's probably top ten at at worst. So, as long as he's on the field and moving, and ironically, the injuries he suffered the last two seasons were in the pocket, had nothing to do with his uh, being used in in the Ravens' ground attack. So when you ask about what teams should automatically – how they should automatically respond, there should be a feeding frenzy over him as with his availability. Now, yes, obviously Baltimore can match, and they don't – a lot of teams don't want to set the market for Baltimore. And I understand that from a business perspective. But in the NFL, quarterback is king. And if you do not have one, you are always searching for one. While the price tag would be immense, and you also have to give up two first-round picks – if you don't have that guy or a guy of that caliber, you cannot compete in this league, period, end of story. And so when someone's available of that ilk, you need to go hard after him. Look at last offseason. We lived through the summer of Deshaun Watson, positives and negatives. And believe me, there was a ton of negatives along that way. And yet he still got the greatest deal we've ever seen in NFL history, at least from guaranteed money. If you're a quarterback, any quarterback, excuse me not just Lamar you should be asking for more than what Deshaun uh, got from the Cleveland Browns because that's the market as as it's currently set you know every player should be doing that if they have any type of leverage whatsoever and the argument will be that while there were multiple teams sending for Watson well there should be multiple teams now right and the one thing I will point out is this while publicly teams have automatically came out said no we're not interested or at least let it be known through certain channels it's lying season, gentlemen. We know that. We know that with uh, with absolute certainty that, that there are teams that should have some interest that may do so on the down low to see what they can potentially put together and if it's even feasible for them. So I'm not one that believes there's collusion, but I do also look at it as this is a situation where there are teams that should be willing to strike that may come
0: out of the weeds when it's all said and done. So from the Baltimore perspective, why did they do this? Is it just leverage? And is this something that they just want to move on from Lamar Jackson and they want to find the best way to do it? Or do you think there's a possibility that they end up keeping him? It's
2: it's to prove a point. They're far away from where they want to be when it comes to the guaranteed money. that is That has been established not only from all the reports we've seen, but go back a year ago when Raven's owner came up publicly and basically blasted the Haslam's for the deal that they gave Deshaun Watson. So he's been right in the middle of all of this, in this whirlwind of of the quarterback market and how it's changed within the past, past year. So knowing that allowing him to go out and test his market where teams may not, may not be as plentiful as Lamar would hope, or as willing to give up the gigantic contract, to give up all those first-round picks, to give up uh, potentially an opportunity to chase other free agents at the onset of the new league year because they have to wait to see if that offer sheet goes through or Baltimore matches, it, it still allows the Ravens to maintain some leverage while simultaneously allowing the player himself to set the market. And in their eyes, they're going to believe that the markets won't come in much lower than what – Lamar has demanded through all of this, and that would be a a benefit for the Ravens. And even if it doesn't, then they can still match. So it gives them opportunities. And I think when it's all said and done, he's most likely to end up there. I just, to me, I don't understand why more teams wouldn't be just basically falling all over themselves to get a player of that caliber. Maybe they will, hopefully, and I still believe there will be a couple, but maybe not to the degree that that it should occur.
3: I never really got to ask you many Jags-related questions uh, three or four years ago when you joined us like every Sunday because they were (laughs) irrelevant, but uh, they are far from that now. And just reading the Calvin Ridley uh, piece in the Players' Tribune a couple days ago, I I, I know when that would have happened at the time, I for sure would have had some type of opinion, like why would this guy uh, risk it all for for $200 or whatever? Um, But it it just shows that uh, it's hard to kind of react sometimes without – putting yourself in these guys' shoes. I thought it was a great piece in the Players Tribune. And just maybe, what do you think that he will bring now that he's been reinstated to that Jags offense? Well,
2: take it to a personal level for a second. I find it uh, highly applaudable for him coming out to talk about his personal situation as someone who suffered from depression and anxiety attacks in my 20s. Uh, thankfully, I was able to get past that through medication and therapy. And I've led a relatively su- successful life since then. Kudos to doing so in such a public manner, to explaining what he was going through both mentally and physically and, and allowing himself to be vulnerable. We need more of that. We need more guys like Calvin Ridley or Kevin Love for those who may follow the NBA where he did something similar and so on and so forth. And to me, that means so much. As as a individual, it means so much to so many people out there that I know suffer from the same issues. And I think it puts him in a far more positive light than the way that we he was shown for essentially the past year. And, and I think that's a fantastic turn based on and less than ideal setup. So with that said, as a player, what they're adding is a legitimate weapon for Trevor Lawrence. Look, Alvin Ridley was outstanding with the Atlanta Falcons, right? And they, they have already had improvement in that offense significantly just by Doug Peterson being the head coach and being competent and also a solid play caller on top of it. You saw the development with Tra- Trevor Lawrence. You, they're bringing back Evan Ingram. They may lose Juwan Taylor, the right tackle in free agency, but they do have someone like Walker Little who can step into that situation. So I think this is the, has the potentiality of a dynamic offense. If you look at the AFC South in general, Who's, who's the team is going to step up against them, right? Texans are finally, finally looking toward to, to build a foundation for the first time in three years. The Colts may be able to compete, but they were never the team we thought they were going to be a year ago, and obviously they're fishing for a quarterback somewhere. It, it's obviously, maybe not Lamar, but in the high, at the top of this year's NFL draft. And the Tennessee Titans are 100%, if you look at any of what they're doing with their roster at the moment, entering a rebuild. Um, they they have let go multiple different veterans as of today. Longtime center Ben Jones was released. And, you know T- Taylor Lawan uh, along the way, Robert Woods, and so on and so forth. So that division is Jacksonville's to take and keep for a significant amount of time. And when you add a talent like Ridley, it's just going to make you more dangerous for the long haul.
4: You brought up early about resetting the quarterback market. I want to circle back to that and just talk about some of the quarterbacks coming up in this next little bit here, but you know, Joe Burrow being, uh, I guess, probably one of the main ones uh, to a tongue of a low as well. But where do you see some of these guys getting paid and how much more do you think are they going to be in around the Mahomes? Are they going to be over Watson? Like there's some big time cap numbers out there, but with the, the cap going up a little bit more each year now, but 25 million this off season. But where do you see these next like era of quarterbacks hitting?
2: No, I know a lot of people want to use the Mahomes deal as a comparison because it's, it has the greatest overall value, or potential value is the key word there, because it's at 450 million. Right? This is this contract allowed him to became become uh, a <laughs> part owner of the Kansas City Royals to give you an idea of the difference in what it was compared to the previous market. But let's not forget, last off season, yes, the Mahomes uh, deal already existed. But both the highest guarantees and highest average annual salaries were were enacted last offseason, whether we're talking about Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers' uh, uh, contract. So, it, with that in mind, maybe we don't reach a, that 400, 450 million range again, but I could very much see those two aspects that we were just discussing continue to rise. Look, Daniel Jones, I know the deal is structured in such a manner where it's not essentially. 40 million per year, but on, on paper, that's what it is over the life of the contract. You know, furthermore, when you have Burrow, you have Justin Herbert, right? These are guys that are these that could legitimately shatter the market as we currently know it, whether it's in guaranteed money or it's an average annual salary. So from that point of view, while I think we may start seeing a little bit more of a middle class, whether it's Jones who came in just under some of those top tier guys, or even a little further down Derek Carr, I think still, you True franchise quarterbacks, they're just going to continue to escalate, escalate, and escalate because they're they're essentially invaluable to an NFL team. And as I stated earlier, if you do not have that guy, then you need one or you're always searching for one. And that's what makes it why the the teams are willing to go that length. Of the two that I just mentioned, I think Burrow's the most fascinating because generally speaking, the Bengals are often considered one of the more cash-poor teams in the NFL. Now, that's all relative, right? Basically, all 32 teams are worth a billion dollars or more. But do you have the liquidity in, in that franchise to be able to give the upfront money that it would be, demand from a Joe
0: Burrow? And that's where it will start to get fascinated in the next year or so. Brent Sobleski joining us, NFL analyst for Bleacher Report and uh, the scouting department, the Combine. Uh, I want to go down the list a little bit. We get... You know, as Canadians, we get, you know, uh, excited about different Canadians, especially from Ottawa with uh, the likes of uh, Jesse lucetta uh, Eli Anku, Neville Gallimore, all being from Ottawa and all playing in the National Football League. Uh, I want to go down to number 51 on your list. Uh, Matthew Bergeron, a uh, tackle out of Syracuse who, you know, is Canadian. He's from Victoriaville and was pretty open about the fact that it's like, look, you didn't find me. I had to go find you as you know, a school to show you. I had to go to your camp. And when I got to the camp, it was like, I'm the best tackle here. So it wasn't U.S. schools finding these Canadians. It was Canadians searching out these opportunities. And, I mean, right now you have him as the 51st best prospect. Who knows where he'll go? But if he ever even goes in the, the late first, early second it's a great story of a Canadian that had to search out a school just to play at that might go in the first round of the NFL draft.
2: To be honest with you, I've never understood that process. And, and look, I've, I've worked for collegiate teams. I've never been you know, a player personnel departments, especially in today's high-level college recruiting. Uh, but when you look at it and you think about it, like a team like Syracuse, for example, or I'll use Minnesota in the Big Ten, right? If you're a northern team that has, that struggles to recruit particularly pipeline areas. Why wouldn't you go up to Canada to look for more talent? I ne- I've never understood why that's not done more often. Um, yeah, Um To me, I think it's, you know, an untapped resource for the type of talent that like Matthew Bergeron is. Right. I mean, aside from the fact, it sounds like he should be playing for the, you know, for the Maple Leafs with that name, but at the same time, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he. we've had him, as as you rightly stated, a late first, to early second round prospect pretty much all year. And and I know our particular scout who specializes in offensive linemen, you you guys may know him, Brandon Thorne, who does just an amazing job when it comes to breaking down offensive linemen, really likes him particularly in the run game, in Syracuse's run game, which was heavy zone and his movement skills and lateral agility. So when you look at where he is as a prospect, This is a guy we have pegged as a potential starting left tackle, if not in year one, year two, or year three. So when you have that type of talent and that ability, you'd have to go wherever it is to find it, and he's certainly a great example of it.
0: Yeah, it's just a really good story. And, you know, Syracuse is three hours from where we are here in Ottawa, so a lot of eyes uh, have been on him. All right, uh, as time runs out here, I will ask you a couple of wrestling questions. And just number one, what you thought of the last – pay-per-view with mjf and brian danielson the main event iron man match creature bunda a 60 minute iron man match that went to overtime seven minutes (laughs) deep 67 minutes in the main event brent what'd you think well let me put it this way first
2: of all i i did not watch it live because i was driving home from indianapolis so that's a bit of a a bit of a hike for me in ohio quite a few (laughs) hours uh so i watched it the next day with my son i had already known the outcome because it's hard not to find out these things on social media. And I already heard the buzz, right? That everyone's talking about this as a five plus star classic. It's the best match of the year that the, the drama was so high spot or high, just to the nth degree. And what I will say is this, and and I know we came in joking about Maxwell Jacob Freeman and, and you're wearing the shirt and I used the catchphrase and everything like that. I'm saying, I'm saying, saying this in all sincerity and, it's And believe me, when I say this, it actually means something because I despise it when I'm talking about talent evaluation when it comes to the NFL draft. But I look at him as a truly generational talent, right? He is someone that is better on the mic than anyone else. Then when he wrestles once every, I don't know, what, six, seven months at this point, <laughs> even as champion, he is every bit as good and hangs with literally the best wrestler of his generation. And they make each other look spectacular. And so building around that guy to give him his contract to uh, reportedly, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we won't go kayfabe here. Um, then I, 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 it's truly special. And watching that was, to me, just another great example of what wrestling can be. And it, it's, it's different. And that's why I've always enjoyed AEW because I look at these men as athletes. I think they're spectacular in what they do, even though the outcomes are predetermined what they were able to do to have a crowd in the palm of their hands was absolutely spectacular.
0: Brent Sobleski, always great to be able to catch up with you. Wish we had a little bit more time. I hope you are doing well and we certainly will point people to uh, the Bleacher Report and the scouting department of the NFL Combine. Just some unbelievable stuff in there. Uh, We're richer in knowledge when it comes to that because of the work that you and your colleagues do at Bleacher Report. So thanks very much. Hope we catch up with you soon.
2: Thank you for having me. As always, gentlemen, talk soon.
0: Brent Sobleski, NFL analyst and part of the Bleacher Report scouting department. Gabriel P. and Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. Covered a lot of ground there. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, the Combine. The NFL is just like,
3: it's nuts. Don't gloss over Calvin Ridley.
0: You did get a Calvin Ridley question in there. It was You know what?
3: Did you read the piece? I did. I was
0: just going to say. Great piece. Um, Yeah, you don't know until you know.
3: And we for sure would have judged him that way. Of course. Like, I don't remember what my exact take was, but like you see it, the information come out. It's like, my God,
0: Mm -hmm. what are you doing? And it's our job to have opinions at the time. But sometimes until you know, you don't know.
3: And he still owned up to it. Mm -hmm. Didn't complain about the length of his suspension compared to... uh, I don't know, other guys in the league that do far worse things yeah. as a human?
0: Exactly. Um, tough team not to like in the Jacksonville Jaguars. and That's a, that's a hard thing oh. for me to say. Anyway, Leverage, Graham Creech, Steve Bunda here. Bunda with another look at your traffic and weather. Back with more of the drive on TSN 1200. And I still have the poster in my room. Scott... Oh, Steve, help me out. Scott. Scott Sapp. Sapp. I was going to call him Stapp. Scott Sapp. Might be Stapp. I do not remember. From Creed. Creed. Lead singer of Creed. Love Creed. Thanks for playing him again. It just means so much to me. Sage uh, Graham, Creed, Steve Bunda.
3: Still got the poster?
0: Still got the poster. It's up in the room. It's fantastic. Love Creed. Also, love when local teams do well. Carlton Ravens, men's basketball team, 73-71. They beat UQAM in the quarterfinals at the National Men's Basketball Championships. So they're off to the semis. And right now with 4.50 left in the game, Ottawa all over Winnipeg, 82-57. So the GGs cruising into the semis and a matchup with Ottawa and Carleton tomorrow in the National Semifinals on the men's side.
3: A lot of spice.
0: Uh, There's a lot of spice uh, in that one. So looking forward to that. And uh Brendan is up in the ninth end seven four with the hammer. So he looks like he's moving into the page playoff systems with one of my least favorite things in curling, WC one. Like you're if you're watching right now, I know I've said it before, I will just continue to say it until somebody changes it. You're watching right now, one of the best curling Someone cur- like
3: me. I, I like curling. I watch curling mostly in the Olympics. Right. And I and I get like I, I like it. And I I've I've been out a couple of times. I've never been in a league or anything, but I like it. But I, other than that, I don't follow it too much. And yeah, if I'm, oh, what's going on here? No, I can figure out no is Northern Ontario, no problem. Mm-hmm. WC1, who's that? Right. No who, idea. Who is that? How, I, I don't even know how they determine the wild card. Right. And who, it's, who the wild card teams are. And it's one of the best curlers
0: in the world, in Brendan Botcher, who lost the Alberta final Kevin Cooey. Kevin Cooey is also one of the best curlers in the world. No shame in there. So he's the wild card. One of the three wild cards. But to label it on television, like we're watching it right now, and it's on in so many different bars and restaurants and wherever you go, and the volume might not be on. You look up at the TV, you have absolutely no idea who this is. And he's one of the best curlers in the world. His team is one of the best teams in the world. No, WC1.
3: Man, I, I hope they win. Okay, forget WC1, WC2. Mm-hmm. Would WC3. you 3 Would you rather the names be there too instead of Northern Ontario? Or does that not matter?
0: Well, no, the the briar matters because you represent your province. Yeah, yeah. And I think that matters. But I, I, the
3: reason I ask is because mm-hmm. if you're Northern Ontario facing and then they put the name, yeah, then the wildcard team's name is there. Yeah. But Northern Ontario's isn't. That's okay. I, look, I,
0: I don't know if it's a perfect solution, but I'd like to know, like, if you know anything about the Briar, you know who's representing Ontario. You know who's representing Alberta because they won.
3: But you don't necessarily know who's WC3. Right.
0: Well, who, it like, who is WC2? No idea. Right. How many people would? Not sure. Probably a lot of curling fans. Yeah, but you... The whole point is that even curling fans might t- tune it in right now and go, "I don't know who WC1 is," and they like curling. They want to know this is an important game that's on right You're
3: now. You're not the only person I've heard vent about this this week. I knew that this was a thing for you, but and I I heard I, CJ. Yeah, did. he uh, he brought it up unprompted. Yeah, like just he's like basically had the same rant you did. It's insane. I've been saying it for a
0: long time, and I'm going to continue to do it. We had Emma Miskew on a couple weeks ago, right before the Scotties. I asked her, I'm like. Emma, get rid of this. Like, What did she say? She kind of laughed and was like, yeah, I've heard it before. I'm not sure I'm in that position above my pay grade. I'm like, well, you're well above us in your pay grade and curling. Like, get this done.
3: Texter says, would you like Alberta too?
0: No. Because I think it diminishes the value of a team when they're called the number two team in the province. I just don't think it represents... Brendan Botcher as well as it could. Just say Botcher, and people know who he is, right? wc 2s Reed Carruthers. A lot of people know who Reed Carruthers is. Just put Carruthers. You don't need to see Manitoba 2, because now you've got Manitoba 1 playing Manitoba 2, Alberta 1 against Alberta 2, and you still have no idea who it is. Don't confuse people any more than you need to. It's simple. It's television. Make it easy. Okay, done with the curling rant. Uh, what I'm not done with, though, is prizing. Four tickets to go see the 67s and the Peterborough Pete's. March the 24th. Caller 12 right now. Just get through to Bunda. That's all you got to do. Caller 12 right now at 750-1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network. i to go see the 67s and the Peterborough Pete's on March the 24th. It's just impeccable timing. Great navigation here by the host of The Drive because, no, it is, Steve, because right now you're not doing traffic and you've already got our next guest on the line, co-host of She's Got Game on the Gabriel Pizza hotline, Vanessa Sanchez, joining us here on the program regular Friday slot. And now the line's not tied up for Steve to call Vanessa because he already had Vanessa on the line and now he's doing a contest.
1: The man is brilliant. Truly. No, I was talking no, about myself. Yeah, he's talking
0: about himself, Vanessa. I'm talking about myself,
1: Vanessa. <laughs> so, yes, you're and,
0: right. And Bunda does not agree. <laughs> the man is brilliant. Okay? Just getting I this back. <laughs> from point A to point B to point C. <laughs> or WC1 to WC2 to WC3. Uh, sorry, a bit of a curling ramp before I brought you on. How are you?
1: Oh, I heard all of it. I'm and, great.
0: And disagree with it. Go ahead. Uh,
1: no, I, I agree. Yeah, of course you do.
0: Brilliant! Yeah. I know you said the word brilliant earlier. No,
1: um, so I think maybe you're you're thinking too much into it though. WC one, WC it's just a name. What's in a name?
0: Because when it's you watch it on deal. television, yeah, you, and you see that WC two is playing WC one in mm-hmm. a very important game, and right now, like it's on our TV, it's it's muted because we're on the radio. How can people know who WC one and WC two are? How would they know that?
1: Google.
3: let's see if it's that easy
0: (laughs) okay uh vanessa before we get to like all i'm gonna have to say to you is aaron Rodgers and the jets and then we'll get Um, into like the next 15 minutes of our conversation but let's uh set up what's coming up on she's got game
1: (laughs) you can't start like that and then change the subject
0: i can because we need to get the important stuff out of the way
1: you're right and the important stuff is that she's got game is on after the drive right so keep listening uh six o'clock tonight 11 a.m tomorrow um we are gonna talk a lot about soccer because it's you know hot garbage everything that's going on right now um and so yeah lots of soccer talk some ncaa basketball as well march madness is coming up um so mikhail and i give a little bit of a preview next week we're going to get into our brackets though I'm very excited for Brackets. I get so competitive.
3: I know that um, Steve Bunda's busy because Lee set him up uh, <laughs> in a not very advantageous position here. But
0: oh, I would Sorry, like... when should we run the contest? You
3: could have done a text contest and he no, could No, we done always it. do. No, no. Well,
0: On the drive, that's how we do yeah. the contests. So don't, don't just Wait. roll in here, TSN. We, that's how we do the contest. The reason I... Contest Vita hates it, <laughs> too. Just roll in here.
1: <laughs> can, I, can I say... Yes. I genuinely had, like, not much to talk to you guys about today. I just wanted to be here... Experience this exactly. It's, we've so missed it.
3: You. You, you, you don't even get the behind-the-scenes thing too, where we're bickering off-air. Like going into this segment uh, when we were doing the code word, Bunda and Lee were going at it. Lee and I were going at it because I was telling Lee where the information was, and he didn't think he had to know as the main host. But I, I, I the reason I brought Bunda back into this mm-hmm. is. Would it be fair if we got him to clip Vanessa saying, let's talk soccer first because it's garbage, and then just clip at that? Oh, no. And, and then you could play it again for AJ next week. <laughs> okay.
1: He'll kill me.
3: Yes, he will. With her mentioning what part, without her mentioning what part, right. what's going on right now is garbage. Uh, I guess I got to start here, though. Uh, what did you think of, um, let's just ask, I'll ask you this way. Is Christine Sinclair done bitching? What did you
0: think of that? Wow. That's that's oh. not that's out of context a little bit. It's
1: not out of context. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. And I'm so, my blood is still boiling from that. So, okay, to put it into context uh, for those listening and have no idea what yeah. Christine Sinclair is. Save me here, me here in out, case, yeah, in case people think I'm
3: anti-Sinclair here.
1: <laughs> Just anti-woman. Happy International mm. Women's Day, everyone. Um, so, Christine Sinclair, along with Janine Becky and Quinn and Sophie Schmidt, met with and MPs yesterday in front of the Heritage Commission to um, to to basically talk about all of the hot garbage that's going on with Canada Soccer and, and how awful it has been uh, to work under them. And uh, in in part of her testimony, Christine Sinclair said that one of the moments that she felt or that she knew um, how little respect the federation as a whole really had for her uh, and for the team was when Nick Bontis, she, she had sort of laid out in this big meeting that they were having in their contract negotiations. She had laid out, you know, what their, their demands, I guess, and, and what they were looking for. Um, and then later on in that same meeting, Nick Bontis did a bit of a callback and basically said, um, can we get back to, or is Christine done bitching yet? Um, speaking about like her very reasonable equal pay and equal support and equal resources uh, demands that she had been talking about earlier. I can't even tell. Like, it's one thing to say that, awful, you're a terrible human being. To say that about Christine Sinclair, of all of the people, of all of the people in this country, <laughs> oh, my blood, Oof, I'm mad. I don't even have words, I'm just mad. I think that, like, that man should be banished from the country. Can I say that? Yep. Okay, thanks. Done. He should be not even allowed here anymore.
0: Well, he got promoted, apparently. So you know, well, let's not talk about that. Like Because no. hopefully it, hopefully we get to where we need to be with the women testifying and Canada Soccer, of course, putting out the CBA right before they were going to testify, but yes. they don't negotiate in the media, but then they put mm-hmm. it out right before in the media. Uh, sure. to, so hopefully... We're on a path of correcting all of this, and I think having those uh, prestigious women step up and testify, I think, is a good thing. Like, let's let's just get to the bottom of this and get what is really happening and then start dealing with it. And I think we're on the path, right?
1: I think so, too. Yeah, I think this really, especially yesterday, kind of really highlighted the, the sort of – Airing of the dirty laundry, um, for lack of a better term, like the women ha- got their chance to to say what they needed to say in front of hopefully some people who can do something about it. I think Canada Soccer's very like underhanded releasing of the of the um, the details of the CBA negotiations was kind of that too. It was them. It was very underhanded. But now that they've you know said what has been needed to say now it's time to let's sit down at the table and actually get this stuff done. And from the sounds of it, um you know what they released yesterday, the the proposed collective bargaining agreement sounds good. Uh I mean I'm not in the table. I don't know at the table in the room. Um I don't know what what the players are thinking about it just yet, but from my very unprofessional opinion, it seems like we're on a good track.
4: Well, speaking of professionalism, I've got our winner guys. Oh, fantastic. It's actually a kind of a funny story too, because it ends up being one of my old outdoor ed teachers from high school. What? Yeah. <laughs> <Mr>. Great. Jo- <laughs> Very not. I wish it was, but it was actually kind of funny because I haven't seen him since I graduated in 2009, but Mr. Joe Aubrey is our winner.
3: Did <laughs> you do yours again, Vanessa?
4: Again,
0: anything you do will be clipped off and used against you at another point. Just, and that's fine if you if you understand that. I Just want to point that out.
1: Thank you for the disclaimer.
0: Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. See, perfect.
3: Ooh, bah, bah,
1: bah, bah, bah. Was that better?
3: That was incredible. That's the, <laughs> I think that's the new drive contest winner sound. I, I didn't know you're going to continue, or else. I've tried to get better, Graham. No, I think that was okay. I think that was clean. Was it? it was clean? And if not, the it's, second, it's editable, I think. The second part? Yeah. We'll ask Bunda to do it uh, okay. before the end of the show here.
0: Because I, I try very hard. One of my many, many faults is kind of getting in too soon when somebody's not done something like that, <laughs> and I want to make sure that it's clean to be used, and I thought yeah. that you were done there. I think
3: I think we got away with it there. Okay. Dean Brown I called could, a goal I in could, Spanish yeah. last night. What? You, what? Not, not during the sense game, but on the pregame show. Oh, he was, telling was like, a story. About, did I miss this? I listened to some of the game. He was telling a story about how Gord was um, in the Hockey Hall of Fame or had a role in being in the Hockey Hall of Fame because he found a tape of the first-ever Florida Panther game, and, it was in, and there was a Spanish broadcast of it. Mm-hmm. So Dean did the Spanish goal call, and it was like Panthers prowling or something. I forget, but we clipped it.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. I
0: mean, speaking of amazing – uh, Aaron Rodgers, after a three-game oh. <laughs> losing streak in New York against the New York media, playing for the Jets. Like, let's let's go. You're a Jets fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you feel about Aaron Rodgers, but uh, would like to ask you about how you feel about Aaron Rodgers. It looks like he might be the next quarterback of the New York Football Jets.
1: Yep, yep. You know, oh, I don't even. Um, I don't like him. I will just say that I I don't like him. I think he is a good quarterback. And I mean, that is very evident in what he has done with the Packers. Um, I do not like the man. Now, that said, I am trying to be positive. I'm trying to accept this fact that this is not a decision that I get to make. Uh, I don't have to love it. I just have to tolerate it as a fan of this team which is something I say about, like, every other signing with this team, but I just got a grin and bear. Why am I still a fan of this team? Anyway, but, yeah, no, it is looking, like, very – It's I won't say it's looking good. It's looking bad in the sense that it does look like we're going to sign him.
3: But you and, would – oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you wouldn't be one of those fans who would claim to root against your team if he signs there, though.
1: Absolutely not. No, I wouldn't. He's not – this is terrible. What I'm about to say, but like, he's not bad in the sense of like he hasn't murdered anyone, but
0: good to know where your baseline like,
1: is. Right? Like, <laughs> this is this is the NFL. We love it for other reasons, but yeah, he like he. It's not like he's like done anything so egregious and so terrible and possibly criminal. Like he's just like kind of a douche. Like he he just you know mm-hmm. he says dumb stuff. And he thinks he's better than everyone. And he thinks he's smarter than everybody. And he does his own research. Like, I'm just, I'm not into him as a human being. So I don't love that. Well,
0: what what I'm into is Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers thinking that he's better than everybody else with the New York media (laughs) after losses. Like, because that guy, with everything that you just described, I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I think about Aaron Rodgers is... A guy who comes off as the most secure guy you've ever seen, who's actually the most insecure guy yes. you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And for a guy who claims to not care about what anybody else thinks, he seems to care an awful lot about what other people think. And that was a little easier in Green Bay. That will be a lot tougher in New York.
1: Oh, my God. Well, whatever. The New York media is ruthless. Obviously, we all know that. And see, this is what you just said is. So accurate. He is like a very insecure little boy under that like man, tough guy exterior. But he comes across as someone also who's like, like I said, like thinks he's the smartest in room. He's very individualistic. He does his own research. Remember after the whole uh, vaccination thing, right? Like he is his own person and he makes his own decisions. And like the way he views himself and the way he wants to be perceived and, and remembered really is like as his own person and so I really thought that that would be enough to deter him from coming to the Jets because I, I thought he would be afraid to follow in the exact same footsteps as his predecessor at uh, with the Packers yeah. in Green Bay of, of falling into the Brett Favre, like it, literally the exact same footsteps as him. He was not a person that it, they didn't seem to get along. They did not have a great relationship. And so watching Watching, um, what's his name, not Favre. Watching Rodgers, like following the same footsteps as Favre is, is not anything I thought was actually going to happen. But we're we are getting closer and closer. Like Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas, Robert Sella, and Nathaniel Hackett all went to Florida, to California, to meet with him in person this week, which is so. Oh, that that there, it just drives me nuts. The fact that they went to him, like, he's interviewing them. They're not interviewing him, you know? It just, oh, it, it grinds my gears. But all that said, if he comes to the Jets, I will grin and bear it. And, I am I mean, there's nothing I can do about it,
0: well, right? Th- things that I didn't think would happen. Uh, Texts like this. Oh, my God, Vanessa's woos and pews sound so much like McLovin. I thought it was a drop at first. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, it might not have been a drop yet, but it will be a drop in the future. Uh, six o'clock, she's got game coming up after the drive also tomorrow morning at 11. Vanessa, thank you very much. Always appreciate the time and the conversation.
1: Thank you, boys, so much. We'll talk soon.
0: Vanessa Sanchez on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. We got to go to break. WC1 is through to the page playoff system. They have beat Northern Ontario.
3: Lee, if the Sens make the playoffs, Boston versus WC2, no mention of Ottawa. I hate that in so many ways. You guys are on fire this afternoon. (laughs) On fire.
0: Talk about the underdog if Ottawa rolls in as WC2 into the first round of the playoffs. (laughs) Amazing stuff. Uh, Hour three of the drive. Stage, Graham Creech, Steve Bunda, coming up next here on TSN 1200.